everyone. It is now about 1.02 p.m. and my name is Bavette Brackett and this is the regular meeting of the Commission on Community Investment and Infrastructure on Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. I'd like to welcome everyone today joining us. Um, today's meeting is held both in person and um, remotely and members of the public can participate and provide comments both in person here at City Hall and remotely by phone. Thank you to the staff and guests who will be presenting on these items today. And Madam Secretary, may you, can you please call the first item? Thank you, Madam Chair. The first order of business is item one roll call. Commission members, please respond when I call your name. Commissioner Aquino. Present. Commissioner Drew. Present. Vice Chair Scott. Present. And Chair Brackett. Present. All members of the commission are present. Madam Chair, we have a quorum. Next is the order of business, which is item two, announcements. A, the next regular meeting is scheduled on Tuesday, December 19th, 2023 at 1 p.m. B, is announcement of prohibition of sound producing electronic devices during the meeting. Please be advised that the ringing of and use of cell phones, pagers, and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting. Please be advised that the chair may order the removal from the meeting room of any persons responsible for the ringing of or use of a cell phone, pager, or other similar sound producing electronic device. C, announcement of public comment procedures. Please be advised a member of the public has up to three minutes to make pertinent public comments on each agenda item unless the commission adopts a shorter period on any item. During each public comment period, members of the public attending the meeting in person will have an opportunity to first pro provide their public comments. It's strongly recommended that members of the public who wish to address the commission fill out a speaker card and submit that completed card to the commission secretary. Members of the public who are joining remotely will be instructed to dial 415-655-0001. When prompted, enter the access code, which is 2660-703-9739. Press the pound sign, then the pound sign again to enter the call. When prompted, press star 3 to submit your request to speak. When you dial star 3, you will hear the following message. You have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When you hear your line has been unmuted, this is your opportunity to provide your public comment, and you will have three minutes. Please speak clearly and slowly, and you will be placed back on mute once you are done speaking. You can stay on the line and continue to listen to the meeting. You can also choose to hang up. If you are planning to provide a public comment on any item on today's agenda, it's recommended that you call the public comment line ahead of time to allow you to listen to the meeting live and to prevent you from experiencing delays. Today's meeting materials are available on our website at sfocii.org under the commissioned and the public meetings tab. The next order of business is item three, report on actions taken at a previous closed session, if any. There are no reportable actions. The next order of business is item four, matters of unfinished business. There are no matters of unfinished business. Next order of business is item five, matters of new business consisting of consent and regular agenda. First is the consent agenda. 5A is approval of minutes, regular meeting of November 7th, 2023. 5B is authorizing an amended and restated personal services contract with Forster and Kroger Landscape Maintenance, Inc., a California corporation to extend the contract term by up to three years and increase the total expenditure authority 
by $72,600 for a total overall contract expenditure authority of up to $118,100 to provide continued landscape maintenance services at Ellis Driveway, Block 725, Lot 026, and authorizing assignment of contract to the City and County of San Francisco upon transfer of, tra of ownership of Ellis Driveway. Former Western Edition approved redevelopment project area A2, action resolution number 34-2023. Madam Chair. Madam Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who would like <coughs> to provide comment on this, and, and this item? At this time, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please call 415-655-0001. Enter access code 2660-703-9739, followed by the pound sign, and then the pound sign again to enter the call. Press star, then three, to be placed in the queue. An automated voice will let you know when it is your turn. If you're already listening to us by phone, please press star three if you'd like to provide public comment. And we'd like to begin by inviting anyone who joined in person. If you'd like to provide comment on the consent items, please come up to the podium at this time. And for any members of the public who have joined us uh, by phone, again, if you'd like to provide public comment, please press star three. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any members of the public wishing to comment on these items. Hearing no further requests from the public to speak on this item, we will now close public comment and I'll leave it over to one of my my fellow commissioners to see if we can get a motion or would like discussion on the consent item calendar. I think I'd like to uh, remove item 5B from the consent agenda. Madam Secretary, can we please remove um, agenda item 5B um, to the regular agenda? And Madam Chair, will we continue to call the vote for the minute? Yes. Commission members, oh, <clears throat> if we could get a motion and second for the minutes. Do we have a motion? Yes. For the Madam Chair, I move that the uh, minutes be approved as read with any necessary corrections. I second. Commission members, please announce your vote for the minutes uh, when I call your name. Commissioner Aquino. Yes. Commissioner Drew. Uh, abstain. Vice Chair Scott. Yes. Chair Brackett. Yes. Madam Chair, the vote for the minutes will be three ayes and one abstention. Madam Secretary, could you please call the next item? Yes. Next item is uh, item 5B. Again, it is the authorization or authorizing an amended and restated personal services contract with Forster and Kroger Landscape Maintenance, Inc., a California corporation to extend the contract term by up to three years and increase the total expenditure authority by $72,600 for a total overall contract expenditure authority of up to $118,100 to provide continued landscape maintenance services at Ellis Driveway, Block 0725, Lot 026, and authorizing assignment of contract to the City and County of San Francisco upon transfer of ownership of Ellis Driveway. 
former Western Edition approved redevelopment project area, A2, discussion and action, resolution number 34-2023. Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Madam Secretary, members of the commission, members of the public. Um, this is authorization for a maintenance contract um, for a small area at the intersection of Ellis Street at the entrance of the shopping center anchored by Safeway adjacent to the Fillmore Heritage Center. Uh, the contract will be with OCII for a short duration for an interim period prior to this piece of property being transferred over to the city. Uh, the contract is being put in place so that there isn't a lapse in service and a return to significant street conditions of litter, dumping, and encampments that were happening on the site. To present the details of this is uh, Aaron Foxworthy, OCAI's Deputy General Counsel. Aaron. Good afternoon, Chair Brackett, Commissioners. Uh, I'm Aaron Foxworthy, your Real Estate Services Manager and Deputy General Counsel. Um, today we're requesting that the Commission uh, authorize extension for an existing maintenance contract for the Ellis uh, Street driveway, a small property that OCI owns in the former um, Western Edition Redevelopment Project Area A2. Um, with me today from the contractor is Raul Garcia. Um, he uh, operates Forrest and Kroger, uh, the maintenance contractor that we contract with to maintain Ellis Driveway. Uh, just a brief bit of background on Ellis Driveway. Um, it's an approximately 6,900 square foot parcel of land. It's located at the southwest corner of the Fillmore Shopping Center. Some people refer to it as the Safeway Shopping Center in the Western Edition. Um, just to get your bearings, you, you can see here um, is Geary to the north and Eddie to the south. And here's the Fillmore Shopping Center. And conveniently underneath the closed captioning is Ellis Driveway. I apologize for that. Um, the parcel is a remnant of vacated Ellis Street, which was vacated as part of the redevelopment of this property and the development of the shopping center. Um, the remnant parcel uh, remained with OCII, with the redevelopment agency and now with CII, and provides access to the shopping center. Here's a um, more detailed view uh, of Ellis Driveway. That's Fillmore Street to the left and the shopping center to the right. Um, and here's sort of a bird's eye or sidewalk eye view of uh, the, the access area looking towards Fillmore Street from the shopping center. So the, the use of the parcel is restricted. Thank you. Thank you. The use of the parcel is restricted by several easements. Um, it's restricted to public access to the shopping center and also emergency vehicle access to serve the shopping center and the uses that surround it. And lastly, for um, utility services that serve the shopping center. And collectively, these easements significantly reduce um, the, the available usage of the parcel. Um, under dissolution law, OCII is required to sell this property for fair market value. And in 2021, we obtained an appraisal um, of the property, which appraised it at approximately $30,000. Um, at that time, we began a process um, investigating how to dispose of the property for fair market value. Um, also around that time, beginning in 2021, um, acute maintenance needs uh, began to occur um, at Ellis Driveway um, and also in the adjacent Fillmore Heritage Center uh, loading dock, loading uh, parking spaces area. And we were approached by MoCD and Supervisor Preston's office, as well as the Fillmore Her Heritage Center Master Association, um, to try and collaborate on some um, maintenance of the area to alleviate some of these maintenance concerns. 
So in 2022, OCII entered into first an emergency purchase order to um, do some immediate abatement in the area and then a um, contract with Forrester and Kroger to address these maintenance needs. Um, this initial contract term will expire later this month um, when it will reach the limit of the executive director's expenditure authority of $50,000. Um, I just want to give you a, a brief bit of background on the Fillmore Heritage Center itself because it is an adjacent parcel and um, in the community's minds, these parcels tend to be linked. Um, in April 2023, the city released an RFP um, for activation of the Fillmore Heritage Center. The city, through MoCD, is OZII's lessee and manages the Fillmore Heritage Center. Um, the city has now selected an entity and is in, selected an entity and is in negotiations with that entity for a lease of the space. Um, both OCII and the city anticipate that we will transfer ownership of the Fillmore Heritage Center to the city in early, early to mid-2024, um, together with completion of the city's negotiations with its entity and execution of a lease for the space. <clears throat> both OCII and the city believe that a coordinated transfer of Fillmore Heritage Center and Ellis Driveway provides the best opportunity for the city to manage both properties since they are adjacent, um, and in a lot of ways kind of have the same, uh, they're viewed sort of collectively in the community's eyes. And so that brings us to um, this proposed amendment to the maintenance contract. Um, really to accommodate the, the upcoming transfer of Ellis Driveway to the city, we're proposing to extend this contract and with a commensurate budget increase um, because we've run up against the limits of the director's uh, expenditure authority. Um, the contract also provides for assignment to MoCD in, in its sole discretion um, upon transfer of Ellis Driveway to the city. Um, the term, as we're proposing, would be extended for up to three years, but it's likely to be much shorter in duration given the pending transfer to the city. Um, it's likely to be much shorter duration with the city, with OCII being the contractor. Um, the commensurate increase in the budget is up to 72,600, which would result in an overall contract expenditure of 118,100. Um, considerations for extending this contract uh, are <clears throat> really the need for maintenance of this site is continuing. It's, it's kind of a unique site in that <clears throat> it looks like public right-of-way, but it's not because it was formerly public right-of-way, but now it's ours. Um, it's in the back of the shopping center. Some, it isn't, there are many ways to access the shopping center, and this isn't the one that's most readily used. Um, and so in a lot of ways, it doesn't have a lot of eyes on it. And so when a parcel that is sort of at the back of a, of a parcel that isn't used very often. It can promote dumping, it can promote garbage and uh, other collection. And so this property is somewhat unique in that respect and really needs to have active maintenance to prevent um, a recurrence of what we saw in 2021. Um, Forster and Kroger, the contractor, has shown great skill in um, managing this space and with its unique or somewhat unique characteristics. Um, and has also um, has great rapport with the community um, and has done just really a great job in keeping this space clean. Um, and again, our administration of the contract is anticipated to be very brief, probably five to six months, given the pending transfer to the city. We're not, we're not anticipating that this will go the full, year, full three years, but we're providing for it to go the full three years in case something drags out a little bit longer with the transfer to the city. But our anticipation is that it will be transferred to the city together with Ellis Street Driveway sometime mid next year. 
So next steps, uh, should you decide to authorize this extension, would be for us to execute the contract um, and for First and Kroger to continue to maintain the space while we work with the city to take our final procedural steps to authorize the transfer of Ellis Driveway sometime next year. Uh, and with that, uh, I open it up for public comment and questions. Commissioners, do we have any? Uh, we'll do public comment first. At this time, if there are any members of the public who wish to provide public comment on item 5B, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2660-703-9739, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again to enter the call. Please press star then three to be placed in the queue. An automated voice will let you know when it is your turn. If you're already listening to us by phone, please press star three if you'd like to provide a public comment. And we'd like to begin by inviting anyone who joined it in person to provide public comment on this item. You may come up to the podium at this time. For any members of the public who joined us remotely, if you would like to provide public comment, please press star three on your mobile devices. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Hearing no further requests for public comment, we will close public comments and I will turn over to my fellow commissioners for any questions. <clears throat> uh, thank you and thank you Mr. Foxworthy uh, for the uh, presentation. I, I have a process question. I saw in the staff memo that this is a sole source uh, contract and I just wanted to understand uh, uh, OCII's purchasing policies and a little more depth and to understand why in this instance uh, staff uh, is, is recommending to move forward with a sole source and why that's appropriate uh, in this instance. Uh, thank you for that question, Commissioner Drew. Yeah, th as you're probably aware, the purchasing policy allows a sole source contracting in several different situations. Um, and we think that there's a combination of factors that are attendant to this extension that meet those standards. Primarily, um, the first standard being that the contractor has gained some very particular expertise with regard to the contract being administered. And as I described, this, this parcel, although it's not unique in the in the strictest sense of the word, there are other driveways privately owned in other parts of the city for sure. Um, the collective circumstances of this parcel becoming um, a potential health and safety issue during uh, the height of the pandemic and the potential for that to creep back in and having a contractor that's very familiar with this particular site and with those attendant issues is important. And we believe that they, they do provide a skill set here um, that would meet the sole source standard of a um, contractor that has unique skills and, and experience gained over the course of the administration of this contract. So that's one factor. An additional factor I think is um, in certain instances where uh, agency asset is at risk, we are allowed to pursue sole source contract where Delaying the, the issuance of the contract through the traditional uh, three plus method or RFP method could result in damage to the asset. And again, I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions on this shopping center. You know, I used to use it when I lived in the neighborhood. It's a great shopping center, but there has been members of the community in the press talking about difficulties in the shopping center. And so we are concerned that if the parcel isn't maintained for several weeks to a month while we potentially went out for a, for a longer process, 
that there could be a creep back in of these issues. Um, and so in order to maintain the asset, um, we believe that we are within the, uh, our, within the policy to um, issue, the, the issue the contract on a sole source basis, on a more expedited basis. And lastly, the, the consideration of the fact that it's very likely that this contract will only be under OCI's administration for six months at most. Um, and so to, to pursue a longer process for a contract that had such a short duration, we weren't sure who would be interested and whether anyone would be interested, and then we might be stuck with an RFP that no one responded to and a property that isn't maintained, which kind of gets us back to those um, first few considerations under the sole source contracting provisions. So it's a really a collective uh, of the three that I think um, fits within the sole source justification. Um, I'm going to uh, just be transparent. I'm having uh, difficulty kind of fitting this into the justification for, for sole, sole source uh, contract. Uh, you know, I do think that the uh, situation warranted it uh, back in 2021-22 when we entered into the initial contract. We've subsequently had 10 months, uh, you know, to kind of conduct an RFP, and the term of the contract is up to up to three years. Um, versus kind of this potential, you know, five, five, six months. Uh, I, I similarly am not so sure that these are unique uh, services, uh, given that they're essentially clean, clean, safe. Um, so, so just wanted to be transparent that I'm, I'm, I'm struggling uh, with the process here, uh, not struggling with the, with the need for the contract, with the services that are, that are being provided or, or the cost, um, but, but do have that process uh, concern, uh, which is going to inform my vote on this item. I do thank you for those concerns. Thanks. If I may, <clears throat> um, it's our view or my view that OCI, the commission, has the discretion to determine whether the circumstances warrant the application of the sole source standard. And as Aaron has pointed out, there are unique factors here. There is a short duration. It's of uncertain duration. We don't know whether it's a couple of months or six months or longer. And... Um, Finally, it's, it's associated with an assignment that's not guaranteed. So uh, the city, through MoCD, will be able to say, no, we don't want the assignment, um, or we're go we want to renegotiate the terms. So these factors uh, led, as Aaron suggested, to uh, a decision that we really wouldn't get a very good pool of applicants because of uh, the uncertainty and the shortness uh, of the of the contract. So <clears throat> it's, it's our view that the commission has a discretion to consider these unique circumstances and to say that it is appropriate for us to award this short-term contract uh, under these circumstances. And it was on that basis that we proceeded. Uh, of course, if the commission wants us to uh, offer an RFP for this, we, we certainly can do that. Uh, there will be a delay uh, in entering into the contract, but that is obviously uh, the decision of the commission uh, in going forward. Yeah, thank, thank you for that additional information. Yeah. So <clears throat> I thank you so much, and thank you, um, Attorney Morales. But I know that area very well. A native, grew up, and... I knew it when the streets were clean everywhere. Upgrade, upkeep was perfect, and it was the dignity of the community that kept it like that. And it's through 
times and the changes in times that it's come to the place where it is. I believe that we deserve in that community to have the maintenance brought up, the cleaning brought up, and uh, that it should have the same quality as Pacific Heights or the marina in that area. So I um, totally, totally am for clearing up, cleaning up, making it safe, as well as the appearance to be of the quality that it deserves and needs. Pandemic has done a lot, and then there were other things bringing it down. But we have the opportunity to lift it, change it, and make it a better space for the community and for those around it, and then to help others that are challenged, that just can't seem to do better. And when things aren't given the attention they deserve, people don't do anything to make a change to keep things better. So I totally am convinced that we need to do this. Hi, Mr. Foxworthy. Um, I had a couple quick questions for you. Um, <clears throat> in the sense of response times, um, when there have been issues in, since the contract started, who do those um, complaints typically go to, and what is the turnaround for the response time for debris in that area? <clears throat> well, they, they'd likely find their way to us through staff, um, either through the supervisor's office or through other city departments. Um, and our... Because we have regular visits to the site through this contract, things are addressed um, within a few days at most, um, particular issues that will arise. And if there's a particular issue that demands immediate attention, then we have the ability to ask our contractor to go out and address them. Okay. Um, what is the kind of um, timing for the scheduled maintenance <coughs> for this um, parking lot? Is there a scheduled maintenance, like a weekly cleaning, a monthly cleaning? It, it, the contractor visits and cleans the site at least weekly, and we try to vary it because um, we think that, there, that having a little bit of unpredictability makes it so that if someone wants to potentially dump something there, they don't know what our schedule is. Not that that happens all the time, but it does occur. And so um, Forster and Kroger is in the city managing other properties, and so they have the ability to vary their schedule to visit the site, but it is at least weekly. Thank you. Um, and then my final question is around the um, amount for the contract. And so I didn't see how it was like broken down. Um, so is there an annual rate that we pay um, to the contractor? And is that rate also being increased with this increase in the contract? So I'd just like to get a little bit more information about that. Yes, thank you for that question. So the contract is on a monthly rate of $1,200 currently. We will be increasing it um, by 3% for cost. We haven't increased it at all for any sort of inflationary or cost of living adjustments for the period of this current contract. So we would propose to increase it by 3% starting with the first term of the new contract and then yearly thereafter. Um, and I, I think that's it. Was there any, did I miss something? I'm sorry. 
No, I, if it's just the monthly rate with the yep. 3% increase, then that's standard. I just wanted to know if there were any other increases in there as well. I guess the only other thing that might fall into that category, just for your information, is we're asking for $24,000 in contingency for the duration of this three-year contract um, to address uh, unforeseen issues. You know, a tree moves a paver and it becomes a trip hazard, or, you know, there's a someone, a box truck backs into a bollard and breaks it those types of things, so that the contingency would be increased. Um, we had a we had a contingency previously for this area, and drew it down over the course of the contract, and so we would ask for a new contingency. What was the previous contingency? Gosh, um, the previous contingency I believe was five thousand dollars. Thank you so much, Mr. Foxworthy. Um, do any of my com fellow commissioners have any questions or a motion? Just a question, quick question. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I might have missed it, but um, did, have you reached out or talked to the community members? What were their thoughts on this? Or this is not, I wasn't we, clear on that. We haven't done any specific outreach on this contract, although maybe Director Kozlowski would want to speak to the, oh. the notion that this Ellis driveway has been sort of part of the more heritage transfer, which has been very upfront in the community and a, and a topic of, of everybody's vision and conversation. So I think it's been part of that, but this contract is so, I think, in the background that that's not, hasn't really been the focus of the community's concern. Thank you. If I can um, speak a little bit, as I say, I've lived there and I know the community and the small businesses in that area have suffered because of the condition, because of the condition. And it's connected to where Yoshi's is, and that brings that down as well. And so the community has already felt neglected and that not enough attention has been given. Uh, they can't leave their business and go and clean up, although they've done things and held things around there but it definitely needs that attention. If I can just add one more thing. Um, the Fillmore Heritage Center, in terms of this easement, used to use that easement when it was operating and open for people to be able to park and also um, as additional parking because as you know, the Safeway Parking Center, mm -hmm. you can't park there and so, um, Previously, it was kind of used in combination with the activation of the space. So I do also think it's a good idea to kind of combine these and um, when we transfer it over to MOHCD as being one thing instead of two separate properties where there could be potentially a fight over, you know, parking or use of the easement for, you know, loading, et cetera, in the future. So just wanted to s share that information as well. And Director Koslowski. Yeah, th through the chair, thank you, uh, commissioners. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to highlight was uh, this particular contractor that's an SBE has done marvelous work with the community in that area, engaging with them directly, kind of calming things down. Uh, there were folks living in cars and things of the such that uh, basically they were able to ameliorate uh, the conditions there uh, with, with little incident. And so they were highly responsive to the community. So. Um, yeah, I think there was a community acceptance in general. Um, we didn't do uh, affirmative outreach necessarily about this, but um, they're engaged constantly, at least as Aaron said, on a weekly basis uh, with the community. And um, you know, when we get issues that 
get escalated. Uh, Aaron will respond to that and direct the contractor who is typically nearby enough to have a very quick response time. So just wanted to add that in. And just want to give a shout out to our senior development specialist, Marie Munson, who's really the day-to-day -day on this. She's very responsive also with Raul, and she couldn't be here today. She had a family issue, so. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. Commissioners, do we have a motion? Madam Chair, I uh, move that we approve of this. I'll second. The maintenance contract, thank you. I moved it over. <laughs> the property maintenance contract extension, Ellis Driveway, former Western Edition, project area A2. I motion. Or I'm sorry, I second. <laughs> thank you. Um, Madam Secretary, please call the vote. Commission members, please announce your vote for item 5B when I call your name. Commissioner Aquino. Yes. Commissioner Drew? No. Commissioner, oh, excuse me, Vice, Vice Chair Scott? Yes. And Chair Brackett? Yes. Madam Chair, the vote is three ayes, one no. The motion carries. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. Next is item number 5C, approving an amendment to the Mission Bay South signage master plan to allow for a third district sign in the event center sign program on Mission Bay South blocks 29-32 or 29 through 32, Mission Bay South redevelopment project area, discussion and action, resolution number 35-2023. Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Madam Secretary, members of the commission, members of the public. Um, this is a uh, uh, item to approve a sign in the plaza area outside the Warriors Arena, an area also known as Thrive City. Uh, in order to approve this sign, the commission has to approve the Mission Bay South Signage Master Plan amendment to that plan. I believe it's the fourth amendment. Um, and to present the details of that are uh, Gretchen Heckman, a senior development specialist with OCII. Gretchen. Thank you, Executive Koslowski. Um, good afternoon, Chair Brackett, Vice Chair Scott, Commissioners Drew and Aquino. Um, as Director Koslowski mentioned, I'm Gretchen Heckman. I work on the Mission Bay team at OCAI. Um, Firstly, before I go into the PowerPoint slides, um, I do apologize, but we have some changes to the materials packet that was finalized last week. So in front of you, you have the new redlined amendment to the master signage plan and the new resolution. The prior version of the signage plan did not incorporate changes that were made to the residential chapter of the plan in 2019. The version in front of you now does. The resolution now correctly states the amendment proposed for today is the fourth amendment to the signage plan. So as you all know, this will be um, a brief item regarding an amendment to the Mission Bay South signage plan. <coughs> Uh, the proposed amendment pertains to the Chase Center's uh, event center sign program and will allow for a third district sign on the site. And I will explain what a district sign is um, in the following slides. In 2018, this commission approved an amendment to the signage master plan that set a sign program for the event center site. Since its opening in September of 2019, um, the Chase Center and the Warriors have utilized this existing sign program. 
While the Warriors seek to do a more comprehensive amendment to the 2018 sign program in the near future in order to boost retailers' visibility on the site, they are currently requesting an interim amendment to allow for an additional district sign to aid in placemaking for a publicly accessible area of the site that regularly hosts community events. Here's a diagram of the Chase Center site. The gold hashed area on the left-hand side of the slide shows what is known as Thrive City. This is the publicly accessible main plaza that sits between the arena's west entrance near the large video board and the building known as the gatehouse. Thrive City is a tagline of uh, nonprofit healthcare provider Kaiser Permanente, which supports the site in a few ways, one of which is hosting free community programming on the main plaza. This slide shows examples of current programming, programming uh, happening at Thrive City, including a holiday tree lighting, as well as Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and New Year's celebrations. In addition to these events, Thrive City also hosts public health-related events, like seasonal outdoor fitness classes and health fairs. So this slide shows the definition of a district motto um, displayed on district signs in the Mission Bay South Signage Master Plan. It reiterates these signs as placemaking in nature through the use of slogans or mottos. As mentioned earlier, there are two existing district signs on the site, an example of which is shown on this slide. The existing district signs are monument style and flank two staircases that lead from the third street sidewalk into the site. And this slide shows a rendering of what the Warriors are proposing for a third district sign. So unlike the other two signs, this sign would face inwards towards the main plaza on the site, and so it would help to direct pedestrians already on the Chase Center site. The amendment to the signage master plan includes the addition of the third district sign, as well as some design specifications of the sign, including its size and its location on the roof line of the gatehouse building. Upon today's approval, the Warriors will submit for a permit for installation of the sign. Once the permit is granted and the sign is fabricated, they will install the sign on the gatehouse building. Um, and as mentioned earlier, the Warriors are currently working on a more comprehensive signage plan update, which will be brought both to the Mission Bay Citizens Advisory Committee and this commission for review um, and potential approval. So this concludes my presentation. Also in attendance today um, is Yo-Yo Murphy, the Warriors Senior Vice President of Government and Community Relations. Um, she would like to make some brief remarks about the importance of Thrive City um, and just give an update on the event center in general. Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, thank you for hearing this item today. Um, as most of you know, and as Gretchen mentioned, it has been nearly five years since Chase Center and Thrive City have been in operation. And while Chase Center has been a focal point and the main venue for events like Warriors basketball games and over 145 concerts now, we're equally committed to ensuring Thrive City serves as a dynamic community gathering place, free and open to the public. Um, just for some context, we've hosted over 250 events at Thrive City since its inception, um, including many of the items Gretchen described, um, such as movie nights, cultural celebrations, farmers markets, um, community serving activations, and as you see, we have kicked off the holiday season of events that will be running through December. Um, 
Just for some context, Thrive City has always been envisioned as a distinctive standalone location separate from Chase Center that provides the community with open and free access to events, as well as diverse neighborhoods serving retail in the growing and vibrant neighborhood that is Mission Bay. To that end, um, we are making positive strides in fulfilling the retail program at Thrive City. Um, just so the um, public and the commission is aware, we are a little bit over halfway to leasing the total 29 spaces at Thrive City and look forward to opening two new restaurants um, in 2024. Um, and the leasing um, process will continue and we, we hope to fill all of those spaces in the very near future. Um, feedback from existing retailers has been very positive, though we are seeing much of their activity tied to event days at Chase Center and Thrive City. So to that end, we are working closely with individual retailers and our programming team to ensure there's a bit more connectivity and synergy between what may be happening at Thrive City with the retail um, activity happening day to day. Um, we've also gotten some substantive feedback from retailers that there is room for improvement as it relates to existing signage and also clearer identifiers and messaging around Thrive City for customers as well as members of the public. So as, as you heard, we will be coming back to you for a more comprehensive proposal that um, addresses some of those um, real-time concerns that we've learned over the last couple of years. Um, so. As I said, we um, believe the proposed signage um, before you will help clearly identify Thrive City as a distinctive location, um, separate from Thrive City, and really serves as a key aspect in its placemaking, and hope you will support the item today. Um, I want to thank OCII staff and Director Koslovsky for helping us um, and working on this item um, with us over the last couple of months and their ongoing collaboration uh, as it relates to Chase Center and Thrive City. I also have folks from the Warriors team for any technical questions, if there are any, um, as it relates to the signage. Thank you. Thank you. Does that conclude the presentation, Gretchen? Yes. Okay. Um, Madam Secretary, can you please call for public comment? If there are any members of the public who wish to provide public comment on item 5C, please call 415-655-0001 Enter access code 26607039739, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again to enter the call. Please press star, then three to be placed in the queue. An automated voice will let you know when it is your turn. If you're already listening to us by phone, please press star three if you'd like to provide public comment. At this time, we'd like to begin inviting anyone who joined in person to provide public comment on item 5C. If you'd like to provide a comment, please come up to the podium at this time. And for any members of the public who joined us by phone, if you'd like to provide a comment, please press star three on your mobile devices at this time. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. I'm hearing no further. Um, request to speak on this item from the public. We will now close public comment and I will open up this discussion for my fellow commissioners if they have any comments, questions, or motions. Well, thank you, Gretchen and uh, Yo Yo, um, for the information you've given. And I can only say in these five years, you've made us proud to be in San Francisco, a city that goes beyond its sports and athletics and serves a people at every social level. 
uh, with just making people feel valued, cared about, thought about. And the space has provided that and so much more, and especially around the holidays. Um, I understand what the signage would mean, and I was just there this weekend again, just moving around, walking, and looking. And while you're still trying to take care of yourself, you're taking care of the poor and the marginalized and in the biggest way and those that are challenged with disabilities. And I'm thankful for that. So I do understand your many, many diverse events that it goes beyond just entertainment. It's a social service space. And it's helpful for those that need to see uh, the signs. And it's helpful for those that um, are there using the space that it's more than just coming to a game. It's about life and equality. And it's about just supporting those that would never be supported. So for that, I'm so proud of the Chase Center, Thrive City, and all that you represent. And uh, thank you for it. Thank you. That was very nicely said, Commissioner Scott. Um, I couldn't, you know, she just took every word out. Um, I just smile when I saw this Thrive City as a member of the neighborhood dog patch. I'm just really proud as well of what the Warriors have done for the community, and it's it's open to anyone. Um, so I, I like, so I just have a question about the signage. Um, it says it'll be, illuminated so is there is that going to be throughout the most of the night the evening or throughout the day i'm just curious i'm happy about this project or this signage thanks for that question uh commissioner aquino so the uh, illumination will most likely match the illumination on the signs for retailers on the site so that's okay. the planned coordination. Okay. Yep. That was that was my only question. I was just curious if it's going to be blinking or anything, but it's just going to be illuminated throughout. Just illuminated, yep. That's beautiful. Uh, other than that, I think um, I'll pull back, but it looks sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the for the presentation. Um, you know, similarly, I'm very supportive uh, of this uh, item today. Appreciate really placemaking uh, in front of the Warriors Arena, being clear where Thrive City is. Uh, I also see you're, you're teasing that there's kind of future future changes to come, and I look forward to learning more about how to improve an already beautiful uh, venue into an even more vibrant uh, space that uh, everybody in the in the city and the region can really really enjoy. Um, so so looking forward to more to come uh, on this. Thank you. Um, I have more of kind of a process question. I know that um, as we've been building out Mission Bay, um, just the entire area in terms of retail commerce, et cetera, and signage, and um, even within the Chase Center and also our partners at UCSF and other larger entities in the area, just was wondering, um, wanting to ask, um, how does this overall kind of signage plan play into the whole area plan as well as um, where have we gotten feedback from the community in terms of what they would like to see as better signage? Because we've been hearing that over the last couple years, over and over, not just at Chase Center, but throughout other parcels as well. 
Thank you for that question, Chair Brackett. Um, so the event center has its own section within the Mission Bay uh, master signage plan. So any of the changes that um, will be made to that section will only apply to blocks 29 through 32, so only the Chase Center site. Um, we haven't had a formal need to amend the signage plan for other um, land use areas within uh, Mission Bay South, um, but if the need arose, we would certainly evaluate that. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> and then I had um, one other kind of quick question. It's maybe for the Warriors um, in terms okay. of um, feedback um, regarding the small businesses and stuff like that that are currently in the space or um, the process by which you guys have um, found it challenging or not challenging to lease up the space because I know you guys are saying you're getting close to kind of like the 50% um, lease up space and you know just wondering how um, can signage really improve that so that we can get to like 100% I know that's a tall order <laughs> sure. in this economy but there are still a lot of businesses looking for space so just wanting to know um, from the existing business owners what have been their challenges and you know kind of the feedback that we've heard. Sure. I think uh, anecdotally, I think some of the wayfinding surrounding the property has been a, a discussion point. Um, and quite frankly, you know, a, a lot of these businesses are learning for the first time what it's like to sort of have a brick and mortar in a unique space like Chase Center that isn't a standard, you know, commercial corridor along a street. So I would say a lot of this feedback has sort of been captured in real time. And I think having been in operation for the last couple of years, we're taking a lot of that feedback um, in this kind of larger comprehensive process. Um, I, I will say one thing that will probably be in consideration is when Bayfront Park across the street is opened. Um, there you know, is gonna be a, a new audience that sort of sees Thrive City from a different angle. So obviously considering that um, in, in the process as we work with staff and, and the OCIA team, I think will be something we'll look at as well. Um, and then more generally, I think in terms of retail, we're still sort of seeing um, the, the outpour after COVID in, in filling up retail spaces. I think this is a challenge you're sort of seeing across the city, um, certainly not unique to Chase Center and Thrive City. So um, I think that's a work in progress, And but we feel, you know, really confident that um, over the next year, we'll continue to make some positive progress with two new restaurants coming in 24. Thank you. Um, just wanted to also comment myself. I know that times that I've gone to the Chase Center, it's sometimes difficult to find some of the small businesses just because of where they're located and there's not a lot of wayfinding signage. And even on the out-facing restaurants like the Miller Lux, you can actually almost drive right by it and not know that there's a restaurant there. So um, I think it would be really exciting to see some better signage so that um, people can actually find those places like Cupcaking Bakery and the Warrior Shop and stuff like that a lot easier in the um, footprint. Do we have any motions by my fellow commissioners? Yeah. Or questions? Just a comment. Um, I'm, as you were standing there and you mentioned the park, and uh, not, nothing to do with the signage. <laughs> I'd like to put a big sign up. But when you had the activity, it was a few years just before pandemic, and right downstairs, the Warriors, the big game room, 
Have you ever thought about bringing that back? That just brought joy to the whole city. And it's, it's not putting you on a spot for even an answer, just throwing it out there. And uh, perhaps to that park. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to keep going for a moment. And then one commendation I failed to say that brought tears to my eyes. Um, the space that was made this weekend for families that have children that are mentally um, challenged in many ways was given this weekend. No one else was invited but hundreds and hundreds of the city's families that are served, that are poor and middle class with children that were challenged were given an opportunity of Christmas fun and I can't tell you how that impact me and the folks that came with me as we were moving about, the children that were just given all the space they needed to enjoy themselves. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing so differently from any other stadium that I know about. And so um, just keep up that good work. Outside of that, you can come and speak, but I would um, like to make a motion. Go ahead. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I move that we approve uh, of this signage and um, amendment to the Mission Bay South Master Signage Plan and uh, let that be. Yes. And I second. <laughs> Madam Secretary. Commission members, please announce your vote when I call your name for item 5C. Commissioner Aquino. Yes. Commissioners, Commissioner Drew. Yes. Vice Chair Scott. Yes. And Chair Brackett. Yes. Madam Chair, the vote is four ayes. Madam Secretary, please call the next item. Next order of business is item six, public comment on non-agenda items. Madam Chair. Actually, Secretary, I'll... do we have anyone from um, the audience who'd like to provide a public comment on um, non-agenda items? At this time, if there are any members of the public who wish to provide public comment on non-agenda items, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 26607039739, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again, to enter... To, uh, uh, to enter the call, please press star then three to be placed in the queue. If you're already listening to us by phone, please press star three if you'd like to provide public comment. We'd like to begin by inviting anyone who joined in person to provide public comment on this item. James Donnelly. Uh, Madam Chairperson, members of the commission, uh, I'm Jim Donnelly. I live in Mission Bay. I live at 718 uh, Longbridge Street at a condominium called Arden, previously known as 12E. Uh, I'm here really to talk about the um, item on the agenda on November 7th, which I couldn't attend, which was a discussion of 12W. Okay? Um, first of all, I wanted to thank um, Mr. Slutskin and Ms. Heckman for meeting with um, residents of Arden. 
They met with us on September 7th at our uh, social room. There were more than 40 homeowners and renters at that meeting. And uh, they presented um, for EN12W. There was a lot of spirited conversation about the changes being proposed for 12W. But at the end of the day, uh, once the OCI staff left, um, the members, the homeowners and renters within uh, Arden were very concerned, okay, about that change. Very concerned and overwhelmingly opposed to it. And the reason they were opposed to it was because of the increase in traffic, the lack of parking, the security issues, the safety issues, and possible cleanliness issues. Let me talk about traffic first of all. Uh, having 450 units and more than like 1,200 people living there, there's obviously going to be a lot of cars that's going to converge into that area. That area is four major uh, streets, Channel, Long Bridge, Mission Bay, and Owens. They get into a traffic circle. They try to get back out of the, the west part of Mission Bay across Caltrans tracks to a stoplight on the 7th. And there's traffic jams in there all the time, even in the morning. But clearly it gets terrible whenever you have a Giants game or a Warriors game or a concert. I mean, it really gets pretty bad. So there's going to be a real strain on traffic. Uh, and by the way, that issue has come up uh, with at, um, uh, well, let's talk about it a little bit more. The issue is also going to be an effect on the new school, the UCSF Orthopedic Center and Kaiser Medical in terms of traffic, people getting in and out of there. And um, so that's with respect to traffic. It's going to be obviously a, a big problem. Uh, I'm running out of time. Okay. Parking. If you look at that site, there is zero street parking around that site. Zero. Okay. And there's going to be dozens, if not 100 or 100 cars, vying for very few parking spots in that area. And there's nowhere to put parking spots. People are going to have to walk a long way if they're going to park their cars. And people have um, needs other than, okay, using public transportation. They have schools, they have work, they have family and other needs. So there's not enough parking there. And by the way, I would ask uh, the UCI staff to get together with um, the mission-based school access, uh, actually the steering committee. They have just begun a mission-based school access plan because they're very concerned about getting students and parents in and out of that very congested area. When you look at it, sometimes it doesn't look congested, but it is very congested. Okay, and they're very concerned about getting students safely in and out of there right now with the current configuration. And I hope that they understand the possible plans for that kind of density at that lot right across from the street. Thank you, Mr. Donnelly. Is that it? Is that the time? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank for you for your time and attention. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, sir. And I'm sorry yeah, I wasn't thank here you. on the 7th to address it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. If there are any members of the public who joined us by phone, and if you'd like to provide public comment, please press star three on your mobile devices at this time. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any other members of the public wishing to comment. Madam Secretary, we can now close public comment and call the next item, please. Next order of business is item seven, report of the chair, Madam Chair. So my report today will be um, very short. Um, 
I first wanted to say um, Happy New Year to everyone. <laughs> And happy holidays um, as we embark on the holiday season. Some people have already started their plans and hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving celebration. And as we move into um, the holiday season and also the new year coming up, I just wanted to um, extend the greetings to the entire community, staff, and also um, my fellow commissioners. Um, secondly, um, you know, this has been a very challenging year for San Francisco in terms of um, economic um, development and so forth. And I just wanted to thank um, the staff and the leadership at OCII who has continued to push forth and ensure that we stay on a timetable and continue to develop um, more affordable housing and um, also more space for businesses to thrive and opportunities um, throughout the city of San Francisco. And um, your hard work and dedication does not go unnoticed, um, often working long hours and really being responsive to the community. Um, I know that's been something that has been challenging in the past, and um, OCII has sometimes um, gotten <laughs> flack for not being as responsive um, to emergency situations. but. Um, I just wanted to um, commend the staff for being on top of things and um, trying to um, clear things up as much as possible. Um, I did, however, want to also report that um, I've received um, several emails from um, different small businesses um, in Mission Bay with some of our affordable housing development properties, um, namely Mercy Housing, um, that has brought a lot of concern to myself. Um, and I wanted to thank um, Director Koslowski for um, responding. And um, I'm hoping that um, we can get a report on the results of that, um, especially considering, as we heard from the Warriors speaking earlier, how important it is for us to have a thriving, um, fully um, leased up um, properties. and. Um, with that specific one, I'm concerned that we may be losing um, one of our restaurants in Mission Bay, and so I would hope that um, whatever is, can be done to ameliorate that is done, um, especially considering, um, you know, we just came through a pandemic. A lot of small businesses are struggling, and small businesses are the lifeblood of the San Francisco community. They are the businesses that employ um, hundreds of thousands of people in this city and bring culture and vibrancy to our neighborhoods and creativity and innovation. And as we move into um, next year in 2024, um, I would just like to see um, more work being done around how we can work with the small business community to really um, provide real opportunities to make ensure that um, small businesses are here to stay and not just for a short time. So, thank you. The next order of business is item eight, report of the executive director, Director Koslovsky. Thank you, Madam Secretary, um, members of the public, commissioners, um, Chair Brackett, thank you for your remarks. I think it's good for the team to hear um, the support from the commission, uh, especially during the holiday time. Um, where everybody is thinking of their families and how good they're doing for the community, and it's, uh, it's great to have uh, everybody's work recognized, so we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, I want to provide just two updates for the commission. 
Uh, one is an update on the conversion of parking at 185 Channel Street, otherwise known as Block 2. Uh, the Commission approved an item in September of this year uh, related to that, and it was to convert a portion of the off-street residential parking at uh, this site, and it was the opening up of 20 um, parking spaces for the residents of the nearby affordable uh, buildings. Um, and it was after that, uh, that approval in September that uh, staff outreached uh, to the property management and services staff of those buildings uh, to see about the residents there if they were interested um, in this opportunity for below market rate parking. Um, so each, each property submitted a list of names and altogether there's about 100 residents who were interested in these 20 uh, spots. Um, and so far the owner, uh, UDR, owner of the site has submitted an operating permit which they need uh, from the police department, oddly enough, but that's the way it works in the city, um, to operate that off-site, off uh, excuse me, on-site uh, parking. Um, and they're currently interviewing parking operators. Um, so we plan um, to conduct a lottery on those with those 100 people um, for Mission Bay as soon as the developer's operating uh, permit uh, is approved by the city. So the timing is lined up. Uh, I just want to also provide an update on um, myself and uh, Director Shaw of Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development uh, testimony at the African American Reparations Committee, uh, the Advisory Committee, on November 13th uh, this year. Uh, they requested uh, our attendance to see if there were anything, any elements of the report um, that we could begin implementing um, ahead of uh, the, their sunset, I, I believe they sunset in January of 2024. Um, and so I, I discussed our work on replacement housing um, and the initiative related to that. Uh, also, our planned enhancements to the Certificate of Preference Program, which has been a subject of much discussion here at the Commission and the COP subcommittee, and also uh, working with the Human Rights Commission um, to provide them demographic information of the COP certificate holder population um, as they're looking to make uh, cash payments to seniors. Uh, on that list. And so I'll continue to update you on those uh, three items. Some of them you'll be seeing in front of your commission, such as adoption of a replacement housing policy uh, and re uh, the COP program enhancements. Uh, we'll have this, a lot of discussion on, on those two items as well. Um, and if anything comes of this cash payment initiative from HRC, I'll be sure to, to let you know about that as well. And that concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you, Director oh, Sloth. Madam Chair, sorry, through the chair, and just for the record, the cash payments would be non-OCIA money. <laughs> <laughs> Madam Secretary, can you please call the next item? Next order of business is item nine, Commissioner's Questions and Matters. Madam Chair. Do any of my fellow commissioners have any questions or matters? I do. Commissioner Kino? Yes. Thank you. I'd just like to share a couple of things I've, um, events I've attended. Um, one was um, attended a workshop in Dogpatch uh, along with Dogpatch Neighborhood Association as well as the Petrera Boosters. We had a workshop with the Link 21 program um, and uh, with Lisbeth Sunshine. Uh, we, it, so Link 21 aims to create faster and more connected equitable and accessible network of train service that focuses on passengers, improving the environment and our quality of life for generations to come. So what they're doing is, you know, connect, speaking with the community members um, of Dogpatch and Potrero 
about the future of Link 21 and possible um, train stations, uh, bridge or tunnel in our neighborhood. Um, so it's basically getting feedback of the public. Um, I found that to be um, uh, turned out very well at the old factory in Dogpatch. Um, there'll be many more. They always host uh, events throughout the city as well as um, the Bay Area. Um, so I wanted to point that out. Um, that was a very great turnout, great feedback from the community. A couple other things I want to really push out there. I believe strongly in the arts and the arts have really, in my eyes, believe that it has been um, on the forefront in San Francisco and Bay Area. Uh, I've attended, um, I was lucky to attend um, Minnesota Street Project. Adrian Burrell, who's a African-American, he's one of the first solo exhibition at the Minnesota Street Project in Dogpatch. Uh, he actually also was on the San Francisco Chronicle, highlighted. Uh, he is, on um, my understanding, Oakland-based artist. So I thought that was really great. Um, the Minnesota Street Project uh, has a new building um, that used to be Thatcher's Popcorn, and they transformed that area into film and photography. So it's a great space for uh, events like Adrian Burrell. The other couple other items i like to share is that I'm really in supportive of the Bayview, the Shipyard Art had another event this past weekend or Sunday. It was an art Christmas event and um, there were selected artists so I was happy to support and say hi to some artist friends out there and see what others had to showcase. And lastly, uh, last weekend I attended the Castro's first Friday art event, um, and they had different locations in the Castro, and I think we just need to, as a city of San Francisco, we need to continue to support the arts, and uh, all over, like, you know, I think this helps the livelihood of our city, and it will draw people into those communities. So today was really highlighting the art world here in San Francisco, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, uh, thank you, Madam Chair. As you mentioned, um, issue with Mercy Housing, I would hope there would be some way that we could put the feet to the fire of organizations, especially those with the humble beginnings, and we help and assist to build and grow and strengthen, and these developers become large, huge uh, agencies, and they move from the place of compassion and understanding to um, just in, uh, indifference and separating themselves from um, the poor are those organizations, small business enterprises that still need to grow, develop, live and exist so it's like they began to forget the life and strength that they have the position to help and allow our small businesses to grow into and I'm just wondering if there's anything that could be said or done to 
help them to realize this still needs to be who you are, an agency that would help create strength and growth and life in our small businesses instead of ignoring our oppressing. Thank you. Seeing no other comments from fellow commissioners, um, Madam Secretary, can you call the next item, please? The next order of business <coughs> is item 10, closed session. There are no closed session items. Next order of business is item 11, adjournment. Madam Chair. So, fellow commissioners, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Madam Chair, I move that we adjourn our meeting. I second. <laughs> Thank you. And with that, um, so moved by um, Commissioner Dr. Scott and seconded by Commissioner Aquino, we will now adjourn the meeting at 2.14 p.m.